You are Locked On Hornets, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. In a minute, cuz, we live. We live. All right, It's Locked On Hornets. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network, and there's so much talk about the stock market here lately. It might be time to invest in Tegna because nada, we've been bought by Tegna, who now owns the Locked On Podcast Network as they purchase it from our boss, David Locke. Are you feeling rich now, nada? Do you feel like we're on our way up? Do you feel like we're on the come up in the world? I, I mean, let, let's be real here. They bought it for us, Walker. They didn't buy it for anybody else. They didn't buy it because of <laughs> David Locke. They bought it because of Locked On Hornets. Clearly, like we, I, we are the goods and we expect to be treated by the, like the goods at this point, you know, <laughs> you are ready to be waved and fanned down by palm leaves while being fed grapes in your extravagant Don't chair. Don't forget the pineapples either. That's what you're asking for. Now, for everybody else that might wonder what kind of changes will come our way because Tegna has bought the Locked On Podcast Network, it doesn't mean anything as far as any kind of programming change goes. At least right now, and that was established to us as all of the Locked On hosts were sent a letter from David Locke kind of informing everybody on what's going on. There's not going to be any changing of our programming, our format, anything like that whatsoever. So you can you can still expect a daily podcast for you every single weekday. Um, our schedule is not going to change based on Tegna buying our network. So uh, as far as anybody worrying about what kind of changes might come our way, if it's going to impede on your uh, listening habits to our show, that's not going to happen. So I just thought I would put that out there and um, I'll let you know if there's any changes coming up um, in the near future, but it doesn't seem like that. Not, it seems like we're going to be operating just like usual. So we might have um, a couple exciting news. Guests. We might have some more guests frequently show up. We may actually yeah. have guests again soon. We'll schedule. We'll figure this all out, but the changes, yeah. if they happen, they're all going to be good things. We promise. Yep, there's not going to be anything bad. So very exciting news for the Locked On Podcast Network. Now Tegna, the owner of the network, which should be uh, some uh, pretty, it should it is exciting news and it should lead to some pretty cool opportunities. We're part of the Locked On Podcast Network and Tegna. It's still your team. It's still every day. We're still the local experts on the number one daily sports podcast network. You can subscribe to the podcast on iTunes, Stitcher, Spotify, wherever you get your pods. And you can follow us on Twitter at Lockdown Hornets, at Walker Mail, and at Nada the Scribe. I want to talk about the G League team. There is a couple of players that have been sent to the G League bubble, including one that might be more interesting than most, than the big guys we were talking about yesterday. We'll get to that later on in the show. But there's a game tonight against the Indiana Pacers, as the Charlotte Hornets and really the whole NBA scheduling format has been um, they will be playing back-to-back -back games against the Indiana Pacers. They're going to be playing these games at the Spectrum Center. So should be good to see uh, how the Charlotte Hornets team can uh, fare against a team that is 10 and 10-7 on the season. A couple of losses. Um, I think they're now 2-3 and three in their last five games. So it's not exactly the success that they opened up with when they looked like a really good basketball team. So 2-3 and, and three in their last five. They have a win against the Magic. They... Uh, won one game against the Toronto Raptors and lost the first one that they played. That was two games ago, but they are coming off of a win where they scored 129 points, Nada. And you look at their win against the Magic, they scored 120 against them. This is an offense that certainly has improved uh, under the new head coach from the Toronto Raptors organization, Nate Bjorkren. Yeah. And 
This is a different type of team. This is a different type of coach that they went in the direction with when Nate McMillan had somewhat of an archaic offense, tried to do the big man thing with Sabonis and Miles Turner and being and not shooting a ton of threes over the last couple of years. They were one of the least volume three-point shooting teams in all of the NBA under Nate McMillan. And even though he did a good enough job to continue to get them to the playoffs, the Indiana Pacers were looking to move into a different direction. And it still seems like this is a good basketball team with a much improved offense. And Miles Turner is really benefiting from that here recently. When you look at his last few games, you look at the last five to be exact, four of the last five, he scored 21 points or more. The he's shooting 40.9% from the three-point line in the month of January. The rebounds have actually gone up as this month has gone on. He's averaging just under seven for the season. But when you look at the last uh, five or even six, seven games or so, he's gotten a few double-digit rebounding games. He also has a couple of nine uh, total rebounding games. Free throws uh, going up as well, and the free throw percentage still pretty good um, as the season has gone on. So you see Miles Turner really benefit from all of this and not I know that's the number one guy you're worried about with a couple of the injuries that we have I mean if we're really really honest about this he's he's number one and I'm not sure if Bitsade is, is playing like that but I just worry about anybody that can hurt them <laughs> internally like this team has this team's kryptonite is if your big is semi-competent they will get buckets and for a guy like Miles Turner who might be the defensive at least at this point the favorite for defensive player of the year right now, he's putting on a show and not like I'm expecting 20 and 15 from him tonight because I'm not sure Cody Zeller is going to stop him. I'm not sure Bismack Biombo is going to stop him. I'm not sure PJ Washington is going to stop him. I don't have to worry about Richards and Carrie trying to stop him because as we'll talk about later, they aren't on the roster they aren't on the main roster right now. So there's a lot of this. Like I just worry about the points in the paint. This team gave up a lot of points in the paint to the Orlando Magic. They gave up much more to a team like the Chicago Bulls. I it, it, Paint points are going to be the key to this tonight. And for me, if the Hornets can show some pride, and again, and I'm using that word intentionally, show some pride on the defensive end the, and, keep them out, and keep the Pacers out of the paint, I think they can at least be, they can be in the game. If they can't do that, then we're, it, it, this is going to be a redux of the Philly games where it's going to look closer than it actually was. And that's my fear for tonight. You go 20 and 15. I have an inclination to believe that the 15 you're referring to is his block numbers because the guy is averaging over four blocks a game and he's not a great rebounder as a big he spends a lot of time on the perimeter does miles turner but an interesting thing that happened in this last game for them against toronto it's the fact that he had taken at least five three-pointers in the previous four games leading up to the second one against toronto and he didn't take any three-pointers in this last game against the raptors took all five, uh, nine of his field goals inside the three-point arc and went to the free throw line 16 times. He had never been more than eight for the rest of this season. So 16 times yeah. he went to the foul line and made 11 of them, which is a 70% percentage fine. Did have nine rebounds, played a lot more like a big man plays in this last one against Toronto and might have to do it again. I know you're worried about Miles Turner. Otherwise, you might be worried about DeMontis Sabonis if we knew for sure that he was going to play, but he's listed day to day right now with the knee injury. So he could possibly not play in this game or else that's just going to be another big dude that you're going to have to worry about. 
he is a really good rebounder. He's averaging over 12 rebounds a game, which would certainly increase the likelihood that he could have 15 if he played against the Hornets tonight. And I'll tell you some other good news, Nada. We don't have to worry about TJ Warren tonight. Also true. Thank God. Oh, my God. Thank goodness. Because TJ Warren, for some reason, the Hornets pissed him off last year. And (laughs) what's funny is he arrived onto the scene in the common NBA circle, the, the to the casual NBA fan, he arrived onto the scene at the bubble. Oh, no. We saw that performance here every single time he played the Charlotte oh, yeah, Hornets. You're close to yeah, it. We know. I mean, we know what it is with TJ Warren, who just torched them last year. There's only one game that he didn't have the best stat line. But the other three that he played, it was gross. I don't know why he hates us so much, but here are the four games that TJ Warren played against the Hornets last season and the ridiculous shooting numbers. TJ Warren, the first game, scored 33 points on 15 of 18 shooting, missed three shots, taking 18 of them from the field. And that was a two point loss that if you'll remember listening to this podcast last year, Doug Branson mentioned that as the Nate McVillan game when he was angry about how close that loss was. I believe he wanted a foul or something like that and didn't get it. And that was a Devontae Graham good game from him. So anyways, TJ Warren scored 33 points. The second game was the only bad performance from him. Six points on two of eight shooting. 22 point win though for the Pacers. So it's not like they really truly needed TJ Warren services. Here are the other two games. The third game they played, TJ Warren went for 36 on 15 of 24 shooting, that was an 11-point win for the Pacers. And the last game, he scored 19 points. Okay, that's fine. But he did so on 9 of 12 shooting, and that came via a 39-point margin of victory for the Pacers. He only played 27 minutes in that one because they didn't need him anymore. So, And so we know that TJ Warren is an absolute flamethrower when he plays the Hornets, but he doesn't play him tonight. Yeah, thankfully. If they want to get a win against a good Eastern Conference team. Tonight is the night, not if they want to try to get a victory in one of these two matchups against the Pacers because Sabonis is day-to-day, could not play, and we know T.J. Warren is going to be like, At this point, I'm just very, very happy that it, it, the, the opportunity to actually potentially be in this game matters. Like, like I'm happy that Warren's not playing and potentially Sabonis is not playing either. Like A lot of this... Unfortunately, the way the Hornets have to win games, if winning games is your bag right now, and that, again, granted, it may be, again, people may want the playoffs. I'm not sure I want that at this point. But if winning games is going to be your bag, then you have to at least be very, very excited at the chance of no TJ Warren, no Sabonis, and you just have to deal with Miles Turner, O, and Jeremy Lamb. That, there's that part to this. So... I do hope that they are a little bit more competitive. I do hope that we see a competitive game. I'm just not expecting it, you know? Yep, you're not going to bet on it, and that means you probably will not be putting any money down on betonline.ag. But if you were to want to put some money down, there's only one place that we trust, and there's only one place that has you covered. Again, betonline.ag. You can sign up today for a free account at betonline.ag and use that promo code Locked on for your 50% welcome bonus. Again, don't sit on the sidelines anymore. Don't be like Nada. You need to get in on the action. Don't forget to use that promo code locked on to receive a 50% welcome bonus with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sports book experts. Miles Bridges had some criticism for the defense. Terry Rozier had some criticism for the defense, the zone defense, and maybe even some of the players on the team. We'll talk about Terry Rozier's comments coming up next on the Lockdown Hornets podcast. 
This is Locked on Hornets. And I was cutting a rug in that place, not a Funkmaster Flex. Shout out so to him. You, again, Walker, how old are you again? Uh, I am 28 years old. <laughs> I didn't know a person under 35 used cutting a rug anymore. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Get more of the sports news you need in less time with our new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, a daily podcast, breaking down the biggest stories with analysis from our local experts. Start your day with all the sports news you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your pods. Real quickly, before we dive into Terry Rozier's comments, now I want to get to the fascinating, scary, and also very happy ending story with Karis LeVert being traded to the Indiana Pacers. So he's on the injury report for tonight. He's out. And he's out indefinitely because when he got traded, as you usually do, the players undergo a physical just to make sure everything is okay. And you know what you're getting when you do indeed inquire or acquire a player from a certain team. When When he endured that physical, they found a growth on Karis LeVert's kidneys that turned out to be cancerous, but the thing is, they removed the growth from Karis LeVert because it was found in this physical that only came about because he was traded to the Indiana Pacers, and he's expected to make a full recovery. I mean, what a remarkable story this is to the fact that the the, the, the near the, the the fact that Karis LeVert got traded is the only reason that we truly found this out before it got a lot worse. It's remarkable and really, really good to see that he's expected to make a full recovery, still hoping that we continue on that same exact trend and that he's able to come back and take that next step up for the Indiana Pacers and you know become a really good basketball player. But what a remarkable story uh, regarding Karis LeVert. Yeah, now this is, that, that is a wild story. I cannot believe that it got that. Like, how it's just crazy how things work and it literally is the trade that saved his life i cannot wait to further hear about this and most importantly i'm just glad he's okay and that it was a successful surgery and hopefully he does not have to deal with that anymore at this point like it is a wild story it could not be me because i couldn't imagine just i couldn't imagine thinking oh my god i have a massive can a carcinoma on my kidney so you essentially mm-hmm. have kidney cancer, and the only thing that saved him is being traded, which, I'm, if I'm not mistaken, he didn't want to be traded, if I'm not mistaken, because he liked being in Brooklyn. He liked the culture, the set, and the third, but the trade is literally the thing that saved his life. Crazy. Absolutely crazy to see. And I'm excited to see Karis LeVert in an increased role, uh, becoming uh, more of a leader with this team, with the Pacers. He's going to be a lot of fun to see how he's able to grow with that organization. So certainly can't wait to see him back on the court. Of course, the number one objective, hoping that he gets healthy first and foremost. And it's great news to see that he is expected to make that full recovery. Let's get to Terry Rozier's comments. He had some comments on the defense regarding the Charlotte Hornets, the way that they've actually fallen out and fallen and below some of the defensive efficiency numbers that they were able to accumulate the last few contests. Here's Terry Rozier's comments. He said, quote, we've got to have pride to go more man a lot. I think we rely on our zone a little bit and teams are just picking it apart because they know what we want to do. Do you think that this is a little bit of a shot at the coaching decisions to go zone? Do you think this is more of a shot at the players? Or do you think this is a kind of a shot at both? What do you make of Terry Rozier's comment? Um, anyone that was complaining about there being no leadership on the Hornets needs to shut up right now. 
That was that's my first thing. Because the leader is clearly, clearly Terry Rozier right now. Because that's a leadership quote. Have some pride. Because I do think that coaches, again, I, I think everybody realizes, yo, the Hornets rely too much on the zone. It's now becoming a feature instead of it's becoming a feature instead of like one of the layers of their defense right now. There's that. There's the again, there's pride on the players because if Terry's saying this, that means he feels like there are some dudes in that locker room that do not want to defend and do not want to put their hearts into defending and do not show that quote unquote pride. That matters. So if he's going to have to call some people out, this is the type of thing that we always love. Again, that everybody loves. Oh, let's talk about the rah-rah this. Let's talk about this. Rah-rah, there's the leadership. There's that leading by example. So if they, if there are people that are going to be affected and be mad about this, then yo, I'm here for it because you know what? We haven't seen that kind of intensity on defense probably outside of the Orlando fourth quarter on Sunday. We haven't seen it really that much this season. There's been a mm-hmm. lot of intense zone defense, but intense man-on-man? No, we haven't seen that at all. So the Hornets are defending in zone about 23% of the time, and that's by far the most in all of the association. And we heard about Miles Bridges kind of calling for a different defensive game plan, going in and shifting more from zone to man to man. And here you have that a little bit from Terry Rozier, who is probably just talking about the players showcasing more that they can defend their man rather than just kind of sitting back in a zone and relying on that to be the end all be all. Here's what I'll also say, Nada. Terry can say this, and I have no problem with the comment. That's absolutely fine. When he says we... I hope he means himself too, because with Terry Rozier being a good offensive player and being excellent, being excellent on that end of the floor where the shot selection, it's very much improved. He's caught fire where he might have a bad game one game. And then the next game, he just like we saw with this Orlando two game series, he comes out on fire in the second contest of that matchup. But Terry Rozier has nothing to boast about defensively. And that's what I'm going to that's what I want to see on the floor. I'm glad that Terry Rozier is taking initiative here. Cool. But here's what I don't want this to be. I don't want this to be a Teddy Bridgewater Mm-mm. after some awful losses with the Carolina Panthers saying that we need to be a lot better as a football team. And in reality, you kind of went rogue on a couple of decisions and decided to play pretty poorly and never deliver in game time situations where that's not Terry. Terry's delivering on offense in those game time situations. I'm just using this as an example. But a lot of times when guys say we, it's an indirect way of saying they. I truly hope that he means we as in himself too, because it's not like Terry Rogier has been phenomenal in any way, shape, or form defensively. Offensively, he's been good. Defensively, he's been bad. And that's what the analytics have shown the last couple of years. And even just watching the way that he's played on that end of the floor, it's not been good. Not a, I mean, what, what Terry will do this thing that kind of drives me crazy where he'll let a guy get by him and he'll try to poke the ball loose from behind. And every once in a while, he'll get a hand on the basketball. And if he doesn't, then he's left the the the, the defense scrambling. No, I, I, I I just I hope he means himself too. I, you know what? I think he does. I really honestly hope he does because and I can buy into because that because the thing is, but here's the thing with with at least Terry, at least there's times where he tries, and this is where I can defend him. At least he tries. There are people on I mean, this team that don't really do much to provide resistance. And it was one of the things that drove me kind of nuts about Devontae, if I'm honest. 
Like, Devontae wasn't, especially earlier in the season, where he wasn't really defending all that well. And then on top of that, he was an offensive liability as well. Like, that was the thing. There's going to have to be, but, and also I say this, understanding that there aren't that many good defenders on this team. You can count Miles Bridges. You can count the Martin Twins. And after that, the list gets fairly short, fairly and, quickly. And I, and I think you're being kind by saying those guys are good defenders. Okay. Yeah. I think, you know, you're I right. think Miles Bridges has shown some flashes and shown some growth this season for sure. Should be commended for his growth. I still think he's, yeah, he's trying to be good. Uh, I, I still, you know, but, but fine, you know, point well taken. There's not a lot of great defenders on this team by any stretch of the imagination. I just hope, to, and I think he does too, not to be fair. I mean, Terry has been wonderful addressing the media. He's been candid. He's also been just awesome to deal with in, in a lot of different areas. And I think he's been accountable. I think Terry, Terry Rozier is not one to point the finger at any time. And if you read his context, even just read them on, on paper, not kind of looking into, well, does he really mean they? I, I'm sure he might be meaning some other team. Uh, players on this team, but I hope he means himself too. And I can uh, find it conceivable that he does mean himself, that they all need to improve enough to be able to go, man, let's talk about built bar. It doesn't need to improve anymore oh, whatsoever. No, it's it's, it's on already fire right now. Fire. Unbelievable. I had the salted uh, caramel brownie bar today. I've been eating a bar a day. It's great when I come back from the station and need a little bit of an energy boost and don't have to feel guilty because of all of the calories that I'm eating, despite eating something that is basically a sweet. It feels like a sweet. It feels like I'm being bad, but I'm not. I'm eating these great energy bars that are anywhere from 130 to 180 calories per energy bar. Caramel brownie, cookies, and cream, it's all great stuff. They're great for the health-conscious guy. You can lose or maintain weight while indulging in that delicious treat, and you get a free cooler with your purchase while supplies last. Go to BuiltBar.com. And use promo code locked on, and you'll get 20% off your next order. Again, use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com. Got one more segment to go uh, coming up here on the Locked On Hornets podcast on the Locked On Podcast. This Network. is Locked On Hornets. Decoys all over the place. They've got everybody down at the rim. Ball goes into biz. They do like an XFL style where the wide receiver runs to the line of scrimmage, except it's with Devontae Graham. He picks up a foul. I don't care what you say, Nate McMillan. More like Nate McVillan. Get out of here. Quit whining about the officials. You got plenty of calls. The Hornets got a call at the end of the game. I thought it was fair. Hornets win. It's time for more of the Locked on Hornets podcast. Go behind the scenes of the game you love and get all sides of the story with the Rejecting the Screen podcast. Each week, Noah Kosloff and Adam Stanko get personal while interviewing players, coaches, media members, all the people who make the NBA happen. Subscribe to the Rejecting the Screen podcast wherever you get your podcast. And by the way, just a special shout out a little bit more so to Rejecting the Screen. They've been doing a good job with the Kobe Bryant passing, the anniversary of his passing, and talking with a couple of different players that have played with Kobe. Plus, I just love the whole premise of this podcast. I like the interviews, digging deeper, getting the stories out there, and not a how about really during the pandemic, for some reason, we came across a lot of Larry Brown stories worth rejecting the screen. <laughs> so, <laughs> of course, but it's those guys that are getting them out there in circulation. So really a big shout out to rejecting the screen. They've been doing a great job. Make sure you go listen to that podcast. Let's talk about the G League team. Nada, um, not only 
Are we going to have the big guys that were drafted in the second round set to uh, sent to the G League bubble? But you also have Jalen McDaniels going down there. And I think that's the most interesting guy that is going to be playing for the G League rather than the Hornets team um, for at least the time being. You see Jalen McDaniels get quite a bit of run at the beginning of the season. It seemed like he was really slotted for 15 minutes of run um, after maybe the first couple of games or so. And I actually didn't think that he got a ton worse. I think there were some bad turnovers from him for sure. But I actually thought he was dribbling a little bit more, kind of expanding upon his talent pool. I thought you saw him knock down some shots. You could see him hit a three. And eventually, James Brago decided, you know what? We're going to shorten the rotation. And McDaniels hasn't sniffed the court since then. That's been it. And so now he's getting sent to the G League. If you're not going to play him, then fine. I, I like I, I generally like the Hornets approach when it comes to the G League sending guys down there and it's not a big deal if they're not getting playing time. They just need to get some real run. And we saw how beneficial that was to McDaniels where he was the, flat out the first guy off of the bench last year when they all were called up and they were experimenting with the youth. What do you make of McDaniels getting sent down? I feel bad for him because like you said, it's literally the t- turnovers that basically sent him to the bench. Now, granted, as we've seen, it's a consistent theme. You consistently give live ball turnovers. You're not going to play for James Borrego. And I can't I can't argue with that fact at all. The only thing is, like, I, the, the only thing about this roster that surprises me the most is that there's not a Martin Twin on here. I kind of, I kind of would have expected there to be a, I, I don't know. I was expecting a Martin Twin. Cody Martin's not really playing that much as is. But I'm excited for this Greensboro team. I'm excited for Grant Riller. I'm really excited to see what he has. Because if Grant Riller comes out, shows what everybody wanted, everybody in draft Twitter shows, again, if he shows up like that, he's the Malik Monk replacement. He's the guy that's going to make us feel better about Malik Monk not playing. And I can't wait to see what, what Grant Riller gives us in Greensboro. In, in that bubble. The other thing, the last thing about this, is that the guys that they selected on the main roster are guys that I don't expect to leave the bubble unless there's an injury. Like, I think that's the way they structured it. I kind of agree with that. And like I said, this is going to be an exciting team to watch on the nights that the Hornets aren't there. And I just hope that we're able to watch this semi-affordably because it's going to be fun to watch. Yeah. Um, well, I, I, Grant Riller is the guy that we haven't seen any run for whatsoever and didn't necessarily expect to, especially with a, a crowded backcourt that the Hornets have right now. If Malik Monk's not getting any playing time, I really would have lost my mind if Grant Riller got playing time over Malik. And that's no shout at Grant whatsoever. I'm, I, I like Grant's him. a I better like the shooter draft than Malik, though. Grant's a better shooter. I mean, get if not a you're really not going to tell me Grant Riller is better than Malik Monk right now. Better I mean, shooter, better outside I mean, shooter. That's all I'm yeah, doing. He, I mean, I don't even know if that's true. Like he was whatever. All right, let's go. So let's see. Here are the players that are on the Greensboro Swarm as of this moment: Vernon Carey, Nick Richards, the two second round bigs that they drafted, also Grant Riller. So all of the second rounders have been sent to, uh, to the Greensboro Swarm. Um, and the G League bubble, we just mentioned that um, we saw also Nate Darling, excuse Nate me, a guy on a two way. Yeah, he was sent down that we would see on the sideline with the Charlotte Hornets as well. Jalen McDaniels, as we just mentioned, those are some of the guys. The others, just to kind of complete the roster, Keandre Cook 
um, is playing for the Greensboro Swarm. Javin Delorier, the former Duke Blue Devil, is playing with the Greensboro Swarm. Ahmed Hill, the former Hokie, who kind of like actually a little bit, he's playing with the Swarm. Ray McCallum, who is from Detroit Mercy. I remember when he was in the draft. That That's what's the most fun to do with these rosters. It's like, oh yeah, I remember when he was drafted. People tried to make him a thing. That's cool. Ray <laughs> McCallum is down with the Greensboro Swarm. KJ McDaniels, we love the ACC. He's from Clemson. Walker, one thing. Did you just mm-hmm. basically call Bray McCallum like the bell bottom jeans of the NBA? Like I don't even know what that means. I, what, what does that mean? Oh, like he was a thing at one point. We made draft Twitter made him a thing, and then he flamed out. That's exactly what you did. You made him bell bottoms. Okay, I didn't know that. But if if that's uh, if that's something that we did, then I apologize or congratulations. It's like one of those congrats things? Question mark exclamation point. Bell bottoms are decent. Are they cool? Not a not, not, or, or, not, not since the okay. 70s. All right. Well, Ray McCallum, I remember when he was drafted and uh, he's now with the Greensboro Swarm. The other guys that are on the team, Jeff Roberson, Admiral Schofield. Remember, he was the number one overall pick in the G League draft coming out of Tennessee. Shout out to producer Katie, who I know was a big fan of that. Kobe Simmons, who did some good things for the G League team last year. He is playing for the Greensboro Swarm. And to finish this out, Xavier Sneed and Khalil Whitney. That is your Greensboro Swarm team for this season. That'll do it for us here on the Locked on Hornets podcast. Thanks again to you guys for supporting the show. Tell your smart device to play the most recent episode of Locked on NBA. Have a great day. We'll be back with you tomorrow to recap the first game against the Indiana Pacers.